0: Stadium is second to nine. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is
1: good! Gamecock fans,
0: welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but
1: we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. <laughs> Let's go, Carolina! It's gone. Touchdown! What a hit! He baked it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks
0: have won this game! Here are your hosts. J.C. Sherbert. I oh, watch him celebrate
1: now.
0: Bill Molenac. My wife doesn't like hanging around Luke. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you're
1: joining Doug Dynasty.
2: And good morning, welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominium where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia or in Tennessee, that's where you want to go. They're one of the U.S.'s best home builders. That's an award they've won multiple times. The Barndominium and we are thrilled to be partnered with them and, of course, with our friends at Sunorama. Matt Vaughn owns an incredible company in West Columbia, and they'll do work for you anywhere in the borders of the Palmetto State. You can be anywhere, literally. Florence, Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, Greenville, Columbia, Rock Thrill, wherever. It don't matter. Matt Vaughn, Sunorama, Columbia, Sunorama.com. Phil, JC, and JB, it's been a busy morning for all three of us. Uh, But we're happy to be with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon. We'll be joined in less than a half hour by, oh, hell yeah, Owen McGranahan going to pop in and give us an update on Gamecocks recruiting because J.C. doesn't know anything about it. So we're looking forward to getting him in here in just a little bit, and um, we'll talk some of that. But – other topics today, speaking of recruiting, Gamecock baseball hammered it this weekend. Hats off to Mark Kingston and staff for bringing in a couple of good arms, including one. That, uh, they're excited about both, but uh, one in particular from the left side is going to be very helpful. How about non-con games that matter this year? We know of some of the big ones, most notably two in the opening weekend of college football. One has Carolina and North Carolina in it. It's Charlotte, the Carolina Bowl, if you will. The other, LSU and FSU. But there aren't there some other games being played between SEC teams and non-conference opponents that might matter? What about some that maybe no one's paying attention to? We'll get into some of that and how that could help dictate maybe what the year looks like, especially coming on the heels of uh, last week's predictions on Friday. Speaking of predictions, Carolina, and I talked a little bit, if you listen to 107.5 The Game in the morning today, I mentioned some of this with Bill. And we'll get into it here. There is a there is a very important stat. It's not actually a stat. I made it up. But I'm going to make sure that J.C. Schubert writes a column about this on the Big Spur because it's got to matter. And I'm not sure that there's a team in the league that is older from a playmaking standpoint than the Gamecocks on the offensive side of the football. Uh, so we'll get to that coming up here in just a little while uh, as well. Major NIL news. J.C. Schubert also all over that, thanks to... Carolina Rise and Park Avenue. Uh, some of the big-time names in Gamecock football are going to be doing all right for themselves because of their names, image, and their likeness. All that, a partridge and a pear tree. The Open played yesterday. Georgia now has another Bulldog winning that, a left-hander and Brian Harmon. If anybody watched it, it kind of turned into a snoozer, unfortunately, although it did portray the Open the way that it should. Rain... A little chilly, cloudy skies. Somebody you've never heard of winning it. That's kinda of how it works. Uh, the Nana's chat box is open. Good to see all of you. We hope you'll stick around for the next couple of hours. We plan on it. JC,
1: Phil, nice to see cool.
2: you for the first time in thirty minutes. Good Absolutely. Again, yeah, good to
1: good <laughs> to have a meeting meeting of the minds this morning. Seeing um,
2: y'all for more than two hours is exhausting me. Just thinking about it. Just right. Thank, thank God we're not a three-hour show right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we're not a three-hour uh, show
1: if, right now. So, what if we were? Uh, Maybe one day. Maybe one day. it's you an know. evil plan. <laughs> a three-hour show. Whoa. Whoa. There's come, Mister Bigglesworth.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, man. I, um... you know. Uh, uh, you and I both do hits every week with Bill and Preston. And hosting a three-hour program is it, – it is difficult. And it depends on what type of program you want. Do you want it caller-driven? Do you want it information-driven? Do you want it to be a blank show? What do you want it to be? Because you can do a lot of that stuff. Um, hosting a three-hour morning show, especially when you're in June and July.
1: Yeah. All right, so –
0: that's easier on terrestrial uh, radio because you know you got seven minute commercial breaks every you know for eight every whoa, eight whoa, minutes whoa. of talk. <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what, yeah, what, no, no. what, what if you don't, though, Phil? What if you don't, though, Phil? I mean, like, look, I lived this I have, in two thousand. I, I lived
2: that life. Yep, I've been no, there. I know. We and, had two and three minute breaks, and it was <laughs>
1: yeah. And, <Ooh>. yeah like, <laughs> and, and look, I think a lot of times co hosts and, and folks like that, you know it gets to be the summertime. There's nothing to talk about. It's, it's human nature to mail it in a little bit, like right before you show, you're supposed to show up. Man. Ah, I can't make it a day, you know? And, and then you're sitting there with a daggum. Um, I had a guy like that too. Yeah. I mean, no, nah, nah, this is mutual, you know, sometimes, but uh, and then you're just sitting there and the Columbia radio during the, the summer, is just, it's dead. The town's dead. Students are, are gone. Well, Everybody's at the lake it's not, or the
2: beach. No, it's not like it used to be. To, to be fair, let's be fair about this. Columbia is better. more vibrant in the summer now than it once was. Yeah, but I, I know what you, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, be, Dude, it,
1: was it was just fun. like yeah, nobody call. You know, one or two guys that would what I would even consider like a sympathy call. Like they call him, "Hey, JC, hey,
2: what's up." How's your mama in them?
1: How your mama and them doing? You know, Or they'd just be like, uh, Sorry,
2: do I know you, sir?
1: I don't really have a question. I was just going to call and say, Go Cox and wish you a good show. You know, you can just sit there. I'm like, oh, We better call him because he's about to sink. And then I had a Clemson fan call in and just like lay the F-bomb on me one time and I had the dump button right when I was starting. And that sucked. And, and there's just only so much you could talk about when you're like a kind of a Gamecock driven show and kind of my my narrow expertise was college football and recruiting at the time. Uh, and, and you're kind of hoping you'd get some callers and have some banter and stuff. And then you're just kind of flying solo. Oh, and then there were the times I had to fill in for Teddy on the mm-hmm. actual good morning, early morning show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That sucked. <laughs> Yeah, that's all Teddy's on like, this yeah. week. I'm not going to listen to it. And I appreciated the opportunity because Teddy gave me some, gave me some flow for doing it. Right. But man, oh, man, it's just <laughs> uh, that was that was tough. So I'm glad you am here with you two smiling faces and all our loyal listeners in the chat box uh, here in the dog days of summer. Uh, you mentioned Carol, uh, Nick Harbor, NIL deals. OK, folks. Those of you and most of you are Carolina Rise members out there in our listening audience and you've done a great job of spreading the word. Lately, I can tell you we're up uh, like in the past since I started the Diamond Fund Father's Day. So it's a little over a month and most of the growth has come since, you know, the first of July. So we're up 100 grand Mm -hmm. for the year as far as monthly members which is uh, fantastic, outstanding well growth really? for a month. And, and mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of this money now, and we got to get more, obviously, but it goes into uh, funding Park Avenue. Well, we signed that deal with them June 30th. Um, they got back to work right after the 4th, and look at what's happened so far. <laughs> uh, Nick Harbor signs a deal with Ovation for Men, which is an outstanding cologne, which Chase was on and told you about last week. Uh, and then Beats by Dre, which I kind of let the cat out of the bag on, on the big spur about this, but uh, officially yesterday he signs a, a deal with Beats by Dre, which is if you guys don't know what Beats by Dre is, it's, it's a uh, headphones, right? I They're mean, very very does nice. Really headphones. not know what those are? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's Beats Beats by Dre. I mean, so that's a huge brand. Um, You know, what that helps, how how does that help you recruit? People want to know, well, other recruits look at that and go, wow, Beats by Dre, I want to deal with Beats by Dre. Everybody wants to deal with Beats by Dre. So uh, as the major brands roll in and they get that, then you can also always point to that uh, if your coach is in any sport out on the recruiting trail uh, doing whatever. But I, uh, you know, couldn't be happier uh, from my standpoint and from a Carolina Rise standpoint with – you know, those deals that they got. That's why I felt, felt like park Avenue was important because no other school has anybody like that. That's, that's not taking a percentage of the deal. So in other words, however much Nick Harbor makes on this deal, he keeps a hundred percent of, it. you right. know, except what he pays has to pay taxes or whatever. Cause it's income. Um, and that's why, that's why Carolina rise funds it. You know, that's why we pay them so they can make their money and, and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, give yourselves a round of applause because you helped Nick Harbor get a deal with Beats by Dre. So you all should feel good about it. It's not me. It's all of us. And you should feel really, really good about that part of it. Uh, yeah, baseball team, Jamie. Um,
2: oh, wait, wait. McCoy. The, the new NIL uh, T-shirts that will soon be for sale are Park Avenue. It's we, not
1: me. It's we, not me. Yeah, exactly. Love it. I actually have Park Avenue on my shirt today. Oh, oh representing just, uh, from the East Side. There you go. Well, they, they, you know, I had their logo and I got a free uh, free t shirt from somebody that does some printing for me. And I was like, I hey, still that logo on there. Come on, let's make myself. It's a self made Park Avenue shirt. Shoot. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I've got an idea, uh, uh, you know, about, about, some of the things I wear on the show, uh, you know, maybe uh maybe it's not gonna say Carolina Rise anymore, maybe it'll say maybe a sponsor. On the on the rotating, maybe it will get maybe my big head'll be a billboard here on the show shortly. I got some ideas about that. So uh Jim said NIL's about promo deals and not overspending on unproven recruits, who knew? Yeah, <laughs> that's not necessarily true either. <laughs> yeah, right uh in i n i l just yeah no i think ahead.
2: what he's trying to say is what you just described is what n i l is all about it's Using to be your name yeah. image and likeness to receive market value by working with a company who everybody wins here you're you're making money on behalf of yourself and they will hopefully be increasing their business because they have partnered with somebody who they think they can sell their product through yeah, that's but, what n i l like, is all about yeah
1: Spencer right. Rattler did like a whole Tommy's car wash commercial that that Park Avenue got, and Park Avenue got Juice Wells, you know, the king of NIL deals. He got them all those NIL deals and stuff. So it's it's a differentiator for South Carolina because yeah. nobody else has anything like that. Now it, it it helps you recruit in a lot of ways, especially with guys like Nick Harbor, Dylan Stewart. Uh, I would say Cam Scott for basketball. Uh, you know. Let's say, what, what's his name? P.J. Malinato.
0: Maldonado? Maldonado. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Candy Maldonado. Is that how you say it? Oh, Candy are you
0: talking Malinato? about the Morlando kid?
1: Morlando. Yeah. Oh, P.J. Morlando. I'm sorry. My bad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Phil. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Matt, sorry. Matt Dogg. These Italian Matt last dog. names. Clutch. Sometimes these Italian last names <laughs> get me mixed up a little bit. <laughs> um, and uh, so, P.J. Morlando, let's just say – wild hair of his buddy wants to come to school now that for, for that kid park avenue would be amazing I mean because he's he's already got you know if Zion Williamson had been a recruitable athlete right now that would help with that uh those kinds of guys and um that's going to help you differentiate with uh, a lot of other folks now you know there's still another part to NIL that's kind of what you guys are talking about in the, in the chat box and Obviously, there has to be funds for that with local business partnerships and, you know, general crowdsourcing and, and funds available. You know, that's just kind of the way it is these days. But you have to differentiate because everybody's kind of the same. Uh, and, uh, and that's the deal. You know, that's the deal with that. And that's why Park Avenue is a very, very important part of what Carolina does. Otherwise, you know, there's nothing to set the Gamecocks apart in that space at all. Right. you know, yeah. so that, mm-hmm. that's about that there. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, and then so we'll switch sides, uh, switch, switch topics now to baseball, uh, in the near future, uh, JB talking to Whittle. He's almost giddy when he's talking about this kid from Wofford,
2: Jake McCoy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He should be. Well, and I, and I know, you can tell guys it in that, his piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, look, I know two guys that, that recruited him and, uh, and, and he he's 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 going to pitch as long as he stays healthy i mean you, i mean look let let's use um let's use you know common sense here number 1 there's now essentially two two left-handed pitchers on the team so yeah he's going to pitch number 2 uh he's a lefty with a with a high ceiling and um and i'm i'm speaking directly about him not about matthew becker because matthew becker also has a very high ceiling matthew becker probably at this point in time doesn't have the velo that this kid has but Matthew Becker in his time in college has learned how to pitch and uh, he, this kid he had a couple rough innings this past year because of you know one or two pitches here that were left where they shouldn't have been left and they left the yard because of it outside of that he had a sensational season when you see Matthew Becker in 24 you're going to go wow this guy's this guy they like him for a reason he's good now you add this to that, and, um, and, and it's one of those strange things where it's rare. I mean, Carolina has – this does not happen much, guys, what's just happened here. They got Joey Wittig, the kid out of San Diego, who uh, John already talked about that story on our program about how he was going to Air Force, and they wanted him on campus, and he didn't want to get there that early. So they let him out of his deal, and all of a sudden he signs a late deal to come to South Carolina. Um, could have probably gone in the draft had he dropped his his, his, his had he been a little bit more signable, and now you got this situation with Jake McCoy, who Coach Interdonato leaves and goes to BC, and it, and it, these guys are allowed to get out of their NLIs, not NILs, NLIs, national letters NIL. of intent, and um, that's not that doesn't happen often, and so like I don't know that I can emphasize this enough, the recruiting job that this staff has done. To get these guys at the eleventh hour, essentially, is really remarkable, and they're not one. They're not. They're not one and done's. They're not going to show up on campus. I mean, unless they transfer, which hopefully that didn't happen, right? But like, they're not coming out of JUCO or coming in the portal, and you're getting them for a year, and then you know they're going to be gone. They just signed two guys who not only are going to pitch in 24, but they're going to pitch in 25. They're going to pitch in 26. So. Uh, Coach King, Matt Williams, Monty—that group. I mean, Bravo! Like that, that, that does not doesn't happen like that,
1: and they nailed it, big time, big time for Carolina baseball. It's called being resourceful, and uh, at the last minute. I mean, look, we'll be honest. I mean, and look, I'll say this about baseball this year, with the exception of one guy, and that kid went to Florida. There really was not a situation where Carolina got completely like just obliterated money wise. And that's good. Now, there's some guys out there that were asking for a lot that the Gamecocks just didn't bother with, right? Because they didn't have the money. You know, I mean, somebody wants $75,000 or something to sign um, 200. You know, if it gets above, they're not going to do it. I mean, there's just not that kind of budget. It's not fair to everybody else on the team either. But uh, being resourceful like that with McCoy uh, and, 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 you know, the, the Riddick kid uh, or whatever his name is from California, you know, like you said, JB, that does that, especially from the high school ranks. I mean, you recruit so early in baseball now. How many times do two talented stud freshman pitchers just fall in your lap here in July? It doesn't. <laughs> the answer that doesn't does not happen. No, and I want to give Monty Lee credit. You know, you want to know why all everybody was, was was fired up when Carolina got Monty Lee back because Monty Lee can recruit. He is relentless. He is detailed. He will dig and dig and dig. And Matt Williams is cut from the same same cloth. And those guys, I mean, those guys really help Mark Kingston, who I, I think is a pretty solid recruiter. Um. But now that he's got people on his staff that know how to, especially dig locally and nationally, yeah, I mean, think about that. Think about where they got this kid, Fort Mill. And they got another one from what? San Diego, California. <laughs> I mean, yeah. wow, that's right. two different spots. Uh, and, and I just want to give them the all the credit. Get. And, and, and right. look, and, and then they got some other guys who – you know, probably weren't all that costly, scholarship money wise, and you know, because baseball recruiting a lot of times does come down to money, even even outside of NIL because of scholarships, right? And because um, you only get a partial amount, so so in that sport, money's always mattered when you recruit. That's that's why you could see a kid t- pick Charleston over South Carolina, you know, that's really good that could play at either place because maybe Charleston gives him a full scholarship, South Carolina's offering books. Right. right. And so, uh, you know, I think that they, uh, you know, have done a tremendous job in, in a difficult climate, uh, for college baseball in terms of all the transition and they got some other guys on the mound too. Like when they missed on some of their top targets, um, and they just missed what NIL it was just, they just missed guys wanted to go elsewhere. They have some guys, Jamie, from the portal that it's almost like, like Frank Booker, when Frank Martin signed him, you know why the hell are you signing somebody that averaged four points a game at FAU? Well, it's because he's better than that, and he's got a chance to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and turn to find out, come to find out, Frank Booker was. Uh, but there's a lot of guys with a lot of good stuff, and maybe their ERA is ridiculously high. Uh, maybe this, maybe that. So um, I know the kid that. Uh, that ended up going in the draft that, that they didn't want Duffy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know that kid's ERA was like six or something, but if you look, opponents only hit two twelve against him. Right. You know, so sometimes sometimes ERA is not what it's all cracked up to be. So anyway, that's uh that's my deal there. Uh and I'm I'm I am super fired up about the job. Bonnie Lee, Matt Williams, Mark Kingston, that entire staff did. Uh, this all season and, and, and really probably would have been anyway, but, but the way they ended it with these two pitchers that not only helps Carolina right now, it helps them down the road as well.
0: It does. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, well, I was going to say the biggest criticism, I think from a recruiting standpoint with Mark Kingston was when he got here, he was a stranger in a strange land, right? I mean, you got zero relationships with these high school coaches and, and he has just completely erased that learning curve of, with the two hires of, you know, Campbell and Money. I mean, you just you could you I don't think you can get any more deep into South Carolina baseball than with those two.
2: No. No. Oh no. No. Not no, 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 no. <laughs> we've gone round and round with that on this on this program, yeah. absolutely. And and let's not forget yeah, too that, sure. you know, Saturday night Michael Polk committed, um, a young man who's coming over for um uh, from from Georgia, you know, now they they're gonna have to do some cleaning up with him, but He's a guy with a big, big arm, and they're really excited about him as well. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting pitching step. The fall, I'll be so uh, – I, I can't wait to be up there for Carolina football on the weekends. Hopefully, there'll be some of the same weekends that they're scrimmaging in Gamecock baseball because I'll be looking forward to going to, to watch some of these guys kind of kind of bring themselves together under Matt Williams uh, on the staff side of things. Offensively, they, <laughs> they've they just added dudes. I mean, they're they're – as we, as Coach Tanner once said, and we'll hit a timeout because Hale's up next, But and, and the rest of the day, guys, just so you know, for those that are concerned, we will be very much into football and some really interesting stuff you'll enjoy. Um, but as Coach Tanner once said 20-plus years ago at South Carolina, we don't rebuild, we reload. And Mark Kingston and his staff have spent uh, the last month-plus, five weeks, reloading and they feel pretty good about where they're going to be in 2024 and beyond that. So hats off to them uh, for uh, for resetting the bar of Gamecock baseball and get back where you were last year, and you have another shot at going to Omaha. So we'll see what happens on that front. All right, 11:26 on July 24th. How about that, huh? We are literally just under a month from the kickoff of college football. We're only a couple of weeks away from the kickoff of high school football. It'll be here before you know it, and we certainly can't wait much longer. We're teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. It is always golf season in the South. You can play it year-round, and we hope that you will. TravelingCountryClub.com is the coolest club in the Carolinas. I promise you that. 45 courses to play between North and South Carolina, from the mountains to the seas. If you like golf, I – I literally can't. I don't know what I'll tell you. There's no club you can be a part of that's cooler than this. Travelingcountryclub.com. Gamecock owned and operated as well. We'll hit a timeout. Owen, hail yeah, McGranahan will join us when we return. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
1: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com your modern golf club experience hey folks this is michael manis former game golfer inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com with over 40 courses across the carolinas our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience from the mountains to the coast we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers no matter your handicap level or level of play plus we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of traveling country club See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
3: Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stone from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to
0: LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox.
2: You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show, as always, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 if you want to come live up here where Mr. McGranahan and I are, up here in the orange fog. She'll be happy to help you with all your real estate needs, though, even if you're looking to get out as well. So give Cindy a call. She'll be happy to take care of you. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by another None other than Hale. Yes, Hale McGranahan of the Bixby dot Hale, hope you enjoyed your vacation, man.
3: Yeah, sure did. Yeah, appreciate you awesome. guys having me back on. It's good to to join y'all today. Always. That's awesome, Always. man. Where, where did you go? So I went to Hilton Head, then Folly Beach uh, for some some beach time with my wife, then uh, spent some time seeing some fish concerts in, in Atlanta or Alpharetta, Georgia and Wilmington as well before I got back to reality. So, yeah, a little, little bit of everything last couple weeks. Four,
2: four extremely hot corners of the southern universe. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah for sure.
3: Way. Hopefully I lost a little weight, too. I, I did a lot of sweating. Well, of sweat. I know when
2: I cut my grass, I uh, generally uh, – <laughs> I come in sure. and the next – t-shirt I put on doesn't even fit me anymore you know it feels like a nightgown but uh, that's <laughs> that's what it's been like around here lately but well, I'm glad you had a good vacation and hopefully eat on folly yeah uh,
3: wait what'd you say on, what I eat on folly yeah what did you eat oh, at any yeah.
2: restaurants out there yeah,
3: yeah for sure uh, definitely definitely at lost dog a couple of times that's yeah we, we have pretty breakfast there pretty much every morning we're there uh, taco boy Ate, Chico, yeah. ate at Chico Fair for the first time. We we hung out there, but hadn't had anything to eat until uh, till this last time we're down there, which was really good as well. Uh, low awesome. life, low life bar. yeah. we 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 go out to eat when we're on Folly Beach. Low life bar, right up my alley. Yeah. That's for that's for <laughs> sure. All right, Hale.
2: We'll um we'll slide right into it here. People clearly uh, always always talking recruiting, especially when games aren't playing yet. This is the life consuming subject that never ends uh coming up on july third, you do have a new column out it just uh was published maybe 15 or 20 minutes ago on the so anybody that wants to pull it up and follow along with us we're going to kind of scroll down the list here and let you dive into um point people in the direction to go read it of course that's the point of what you do but uh, we'll kind of dive into each of these prospects as well Uh, there are some upcoming decisions for gamecock footballs and Zymerian Lang has one on July thirtieth. What do we know about that young man?
3: Yeah, he's he's been to Carolina a couple of times. His his first visit was last summer, summer twenty two. Came to camp and and he worked out at, at DB with Torian Gray and and he he did a little bit of receiver. I think he he took some reps during one on ones that summer, um, but uh, mostly mostly at DB. Uh, and, and I think that probably has a lot to do with with Torian Gray he recruits the area, and that's kind of the the, you know, the big push that, that I'm sure he's making when he's recruiting this this guy. But uh, Carolina's recruiting him as an athlete, DB or wide receiver. Uh, he, he came back up to camp, uh, visited during camp this past June and, and didn't work out, but was just visiting with the coaches. I uh, hadn't taken his official visit yet here. So if, if say, he does commit to Carolina uh, next week, then I, I would imagine that, that official visit will happen at some point during the fall or, Heck, even if he doesn't commit to Carolina, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was to show up for an official visit in the fall. So uh, Pittsburgh's in the mix. South Florida, he, he's from that Tampa area. So they're receiving some consideration. And he's got Kansas State in his top four as well. But he hadn't been out there. He hadn't been to Kansas State. He's visited the other schools. So I, I would say it's probably uh, kind of a top three. And, and if you assume that the power five schools have the edge, sorry about that power five schools have the edge that uh, it's a Carolina or Pittsburgh type of situation. And, and I think generally speaking, uh, you feel good about Carolina beating Pittsburgh for a guy from, from Florida, but uh, I don't have a lot of tangible uh, evidence to support that. I, like I don't have a crystal ball picking yet. I, I, I don't have a, a, a true feel for this guy, but, but I think, you know, on the surface, it looks like this is, this is a battle Carolina could win. Uh, and ultimately get him in the class. Does he have a preference? Does he want to play wide receiver, or he just wants the opportunity
2: to prove himself wherever he's needed?
3: I I don't know that he necessarily has a preference. Uh, The other schools are recruiting him as a receiver. He's mostly played receiver, or he mostly played receiver uh, during his junior season. Um, But I don't think that he's necessarily like gung-ho one way or the other. Um, So, yeah. All right. Uh, there's a big date after that Two
2: prospects that a lot of folks know a lot about at this point, August 5th, both Jaloua Solomon and Jonathan Paylor are scheduled uh, to announce their, their collegiate destinations, at least for the time being, I'm sure something could change between now and De- in December. Um, I, 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 this might be a ridiculous question. Did they, do these young men know each other? Did, did they coordinate <laughs> announcing on the same date, or is that just by is that just happenstance uh i, I would assume
3: it's just happenstance but... okay all
2: right I just somebody's going to ask that question at some point in time. Does it mean something they're both announcing the same day oh, yeah, yeah everybody looks too far into it I so what do, I, I know the paler situation's gotten a little tight um but it also seems like Jalu Solomon maybe also might be a little bit more shifted towards Gamecock football at this point in time,
3: but what do we know really <laughs> uh man it it, it feels Feeling like a little bit of a broken record here. It's, it's
2: nice. tough to
3: say. No, I'm paler. You know, he he obviously had South Carolina as his leader. You know, most of this year. You know, he, we we talked about how he would finish up those official visits in June, and and in the interviews would be comparing each school to South Carolina and how they stack up. But you know, NC State's been a factor from from the word go with this guy. It's you know close to home. Obviously, he's from Burlington, North Carolina, so it's uh, the in-state school, one of the in-state schools for him, and uh, a lot of people seem to think, especially up in, in that that neck of the woods, that, that NC State uh, has an edge. But but this guy's been a little bit uh, uh, hard to get a read on at times. Like he he, he kind of goes in other directions. He's he, he's very shifty, not only uh, as a player, but uh, when it comes to the well to, uh, to handling this recruiting stuff. Like it, it can kind of turn on a dime. So. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, two weeks to go before this thing happens. Like I, who knows? Like the the winds can change tomorrow, and and you know it's a different type of storyline. But I think probably NC State at this point. I, I still got my crystal ball for South Carolina, but uh, maybe maybe that'll change. We'll see. Um, you know, he's not scheduled to visit South Carolina this coming weekend. He, he's supposed to be at NC State in, in North Carolina. Uh, so so we shall see. Uh, on the,
2: before we get to Solomon on the paler front here, um, mm-hmm. he's he's how many times do you the, the, are you aware of or at least ballpark that he's already been to Columbia? Uh, maybe four or five. Okay. So he's been here a decent amount for vi- officials, unofficials, camp, right? I don't know what? that
3: he's been for camp, but he, you know, he took his official visit, he came to. I think a couple games might have visited last summer, so three, four, five, three to five, somewhere in there. Decent amount. So
2: he he's got the lay of the land pretty good. Um, NC State is the one program that's been mentioned for a while, but he's been there multiple times as well.
3: Correct? Yeah, I don't. I certainly don't know how many times, but I I would imagine probably a few more. More than once. Yeah, more than more than three to five, I would guess, but I I don't know for sure.
2: So what about North Carolina? Are 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 they late to the party? What what's going on there?
3: I, I don't know that they're late to the party. I mean, they're they're in the mix. I mean, they're they're supposed to have men this weekend for I don't know if it's for an event like the Cookout Carolina South Carolina's doing on Friday or just, you know, an unofficial visit, but I think he's he's been to North Carolina plenty of times to to know the lay of the land up there as well. I, you know, between the three I, I guess like it's not like he's unfamiliar with with what's going on on each campus and, you know, what's, what's there.
2: So uh, I'm asking those questions. I had a conversation yeah. with a, uh, with, with a, uh, with a coach not long ago um, because recruiting hell, you know, this as well as anybody you you cover it inside and out Has changed so much. The ca- not only, you know, bringing NIL into it, obviously that's a, that's a talking point and a sticking point that everybody wants to immediately go to, but calendars have changed. Events yeah. have changed. Uh, you look at this coming weekend, and and this isn't just a conversation about South Carolina, this is about everybody. Uh, fan bases all across the country who follow recruiting intently, uh, they see names that are on the board that maybe are not committed to their program yet, and they're going to other cookouts. It seems like every program in college football is having a cookout this weekend. Um, and so I guess what I'm getting at here is it, it was it was mentioned to me that a lot of these prospects who are trying to make decisions – before or right around the beginning of their football season, which is coming up here in just a couple of weeks for high school, are trying to squeeze in some last-minute trips, especially to places that uh, maybe weren't as high on the list, or, hey, I want to just double-check. And I'm not saying that is what's happening with Jonathan Paylor or anybody else out there. All I'm saying is it just seems like like what used to be kind of a known as we followed the trends and the tracks of a lot of these guys – and you could kind of predict maybe what they were going to do. It just seems like as things have changed, we're kind of now getting used to the fact that there are a lot of other components that come into the schedules and ultimately the recruitments of these players. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> basically dotting the I's and crossing the T's is what I'm getting at here.
3: Uh, you know, the, in my opinion, the, the biggest thing that's changed and I don't think it's just my, just me who has this opinion, like at the end of the day, the the big difference is the nil standpoint of it all and what that is. I mean, Lane Kiffin stood up at the podium at SEC Media Days and was talking about pay for play, and I mean that's yep. what it is in a lot of cases. I don't. I'm just speaking generally here, y'all. So don't sure yeah anything into what I'm saying. But the, the nil factor is just what it is. Like a, a guy could be talking to school X and. Hey, I know that, that y'all have this for me from an NIL standpoint, and, and I like it, and and that looks good to me. Like, that's that's all I could have imagined. Great. And then school Y comes in and says, well, hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you this, and like th- this is what we got going for you, and it, it just you know it's it's more than school X, and like then that's just a factor, and not <laughs> obviously like guys were getting getting you know inducements and benefits in the past, but uh it's obviously much more upfront and uh and all that now. So you just never know, man. Like it's stuff stuff can change last minute. Um and, and by stuff I mean NIL. And again again, please y'all, like I, I'm speaking just generally here. I'm not trying to say no, no. Anything specific. Oh I, I I'm I'm not saying that to you, JB. I'm just talking to People who no, are, I agree with you. Uh, listening.
0: Yeah, he's saying <laughs> it to me. No, that's, no. Yeah,
2: it's mad. It's mad <laughs> dog. You got to calm down here. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 no, <laughs> I, I, I actually, again, I, I, think that Lane, you know, look, the the public. I don't want to get too far off here. So we got to get down the list of prospects. That's what people are interested in. But, but I mean, the the public is going to criticize Lane. That's fine. Whatever. Th- these are the guys. He's only one of the only ones that I know, or at least have seen, that has the nuts to stand up there and say what is on his mind. Um, and these guys that they're, there's a lot, they can't say. And so they're going through the thick of it every day. The stories that they, you know, if somebody ever decides to blow the cover off this thing and write a book, they're going to, they'll probably make more money than if they get fired, like coach much did, you know, like there, there's so much junk that just is happening and it is unfair actually, you know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. I don't have to acknowledge it. I don't have to like it. Don't have to like what I'm saying. I, I just know that there's enough stories out there from guys, coaches, like Lane Kiffin and others, who say this is insane what we're having to do right now because NIL was not the purpose of NIL was not to say, okay, well, here what I get. I tell you what, we'll give you ten grand under the table just to visit, and while you're here, we're gonna offer you this, this, and this, and NIL to commit. That's illegal, but you can't prove it. So what do we know? all right uh Jalua solomon um i at so at one point in time it seemed like he was kind of written off for South carolina essentially that might not be the case anymore
3: yeah he he's supposed to be coming back up um and there's been conflicting reports from you know various reporters various outlets that he is coming that he isn't coming we we've reported the big at the big spur that he's coming and, and until we're told otherwise from him or somebody else. You know, we're we're planning on on him. We're expecting him to be in town on Friday. Okay. Uh, you know, things can change, obviously, but but that's kind of where we're at right now. He's supposed to be at Auburn this weekend as well. Florida State's still in the mix too. So, I, I would say it's probably those three as like the main the main ones that that we're going to be you know looking at and. Uh, that, and that he's thinking about it as he gets closer to, to next Saturday for for his decision. Yeah, I, you gotta like the fact that Torian Gray's in your corner there, don't you? It doesn't hurt. It does not hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, his he's he's got a brother who signed with Auburn a couple years ago, and Florida State's pretty close to home, and and they've been the favorite. Uh, off and on during this process. I mean, he did say South Carolina was his favorite coming out of the official visit. So um, they've held that distinction as well. And you know, like we've said before, he was at that Tennessee game last, last fall. So that was obviously a, a big difference maker in, in getting Carolina, you know, to where they're at right now. So so we shall see again, man. It's, it's a couple weeks away. It, th- these last couple of visits could – could go one way or the other, and and helping and help pushing him towards the decision. you um, kind of have to see how how this goes.
2: You know, Mad Dog NIL aside, like if you if you have a story to sell, a some a, a, a member of the secondary, I'm recruiting you to come play in the secondary here. I just don't know of anybody right now outside of just signing elite five star prospects every year that has a better story to sell then you're going to be developed by this guy. Let me show you what he's done in the short two years that he's been here. Darius Rush is in the league. Cam Smith is in the league. Let me show you what happened last year. Uh, Nick Eamon although whatever, some of the media, I don't know what was going on up there. We'll get to that in the second hour. Decided he wasn't a preseason All-SEC selection. He was an All-American as a freshman. DQ Smith, he, he, O'Donnell Fortune, and Marcellus dialed their development. I mean, it's unbelievable what this guy is doing. I'm talking about and Gray.
0: I right, then it's as easy a selling point as, you know, limbo to a specialist.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, no. I, it, it, like, you know, sometimes it's just about who, who do I need to play for to get, you know, get the bag is what they call it these days. If you want to reference the NFL, Daniel Hill is going to decide in now under a month, August the 23rd. So we're less than a month away and uh, Carolina fans have this one circle big time because of some misses on the front. Uh, on the running backs front in recruiting, Hale. Has anything changed
3: with him? As far as I know, South Carolina is still feeling pretty confident, relatively speaking. Um, That was what I heard last week and and reported in the VIP room. And I I included that with even with the note that that he's not expected or or at the time was not on the cookout list at South Carolina. Um, and, And I don't know if that's changed or will change it. Probably not. It's it's a long drive from Meridian, Mississippi, and by the way, Tuscaloosa, Alabama's on the way, and you know a little more than an hour from his house. So even if he does say go to Alabama this weekend and, and doesn't make it back to Columbia, uh, I, I think there still might be some confidence on Carolina's end. I again, I don't know. <laughs> Broken record here. Uh, it's not what people want to hear. Um, you know, and and I think the last time I was on, I, I went on and on about you know, Alabama and how, you know, if, if you're a parent and you have a kid who can play football at Alabama, like you would want your kid to really look at that option. So certainly an option that an obstacle that South Carolina is going to have to overcome just Bama straight up being Bama and uh, maybe one A and one B proximity to home is, is uh, far greater uh, when it comes to Daniel Hill and South Carolina versus Bama.
2: Hail McGranahan. Get bigspur.com go ahead phil
0: well, i was going to say with daniel hill if i remember right hill maybe a few months ago like alabama and south carolina were looking at him for a different positions is that still the case
3: no they you know, they he's like they're,
0: they're running back yeah running yeah they've been running back for him okay okay i thought there was a quarterback kind of thing with him there no or- so
3: he He's playing quarterback for his high school this fall, Phil. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That camp that he went to after his official visit, he went and worked out at quarterback. Just they're not recruiting him as a quarterback. They're they, he was just okay. doing it just to get ready for his senior season. Like, believe it or camp. not. Okay. Like, can. there are some guys who who actually go to the camps and and want to like get better at football, just hmm. for their their senior year, not try to go get a scholarship or get offended by a coach saying you need to work out or it'll be it'll be good for you to work out like. So I, I, I guess my point saying all that is, I, I respect Daniel Hill for being like, big time. I'm trying to get, yeah, no I'm trying to get better for my team that I'm on right now. Like absolutely.
0: absolutely. Yeah. So one of those situations where he's totally just agree. like the, the most athletic guy on the roster at high school, and, and that makes yeah. sense for him to play that position. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, There's absolutely. a lot of that, you know, and I,
2: but I think oh, that's yeah. a
0: great point that y'all just
2: made there. This young man is focused on his senior year and he wants to develop himself for his football team, he'll be fine when he gets to college. All right, um, so who is on the cookout list?
3: Yeah, I, I see Craig Godwin uh, asked if Dylan Stewart was going to be there. And, and Oh. You know, we we think he's going to be. Like, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's 1,000% set in stone, but, you know, he, he's on our list. Um, maybe 900. Yeah. Yeah, what are, maybe, maybe closer to nine. But, yeah, okay. we'll see. Um but, yeah, a few 2025 guys, uh, you know, Ladanian Martin, who's a running back from Greer, does not have a Carolina offer, but, uh, you know, maybe that'll change at some point down the road. Um, he, he told me he's supposed to be in, you know, uh, Jonte Gilbert, uh, safety from the Atlanta area, who I don't think – he may he may have already decommitted from Ohio State by now. I can't remember for sure. Uh, he, he'll be back in. Um, so, there's I think one thing people need to, to remember about these July cookouts, uh, the last two that they've had, the only two they've had under Shane Beamer, um, the majority of, of the, the visitors for these these events are underclassmen, guys who are about to be juniors, guys who are about to be sophomores. Right. Two to three at most, maybe maybe three for, for each of those previous two guys who are getting ready to be seniors. So there aren't a ton of – 2024 recruits at this cookout. That's just kind of how it's been, and and that's probably how it'll continue to be. Um, you know, I, I know folks don't want to hear that right now with the way things are going with this recruiting class, but um, it's it's a little more underclassmen oriented, or at least it, that's that's what it's been in the past.
2: Yeah, but that's that's what these cookouts were designed for. Initially,
3: yeah, to help. And they're like they're not they're not as like. Football, football, football. We're we're gonna you know sit down and, and talk about how we see you fitting into the defense and and where where you're gonna do on offense. It's more like hey, we want to get to know you and build that relationship. Get to know your family, whoever you got with you. Um, let, let's let's try to build this relationship a little more. And that's that's kind of the the mindset. Did they?
2: If it's if it's uh, Chris Fulmer and the Ultimate Tailgaters catering this thing, and it might be he, he does. It, he does a ton of South Carolina stuff. We we just need to just send him with what twenty thirty grand, and then every time he gives someone like a roll or you know a styrofoam to go box with, you know, just shove it under the barbecue. You know, maybe a thousand dollars or something here or there. You know, right? Isn't that kind of how this works?
3: I I don't think so.
2: JB, oh, are you sure? No. Okay, I'm that, sorry. That's no, not how you build that. relationships.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We shouldn't take advice from Jeremy Pruitt.
2: We don't do hundred dollar <laughs> handshakes around here. It's called barbecue <laughs> handshakes. <laughs> just look. Don't oh, well, eat the son. Don't eat the barbecue. <laughs> Trust me. Don't eat the barbecue. Bring my water. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> not be happy with what what goes down with that barbecue. Um, uh, you mentioned Ladani and Martin uh, and Phil. Yeah. We'll just run this up and then we'll double bump because it's only gonna be three uh, minutes yeah. anyways. Um, uh, so. You mentioned Ladanian Martin. He, he's a guy, Hale, that was described to me by a high school coach whom I know quite well has coached against him and now has a couple of players at South Carolina. as a guy who, uh, yeah, just just wait until about October when there's more tape on this young man and his offer list more than likely is going to exponentially grow. I think right now he maybe he's only listing four or five offers. I think Tennessee might be one of them. But if you go yeah. look at his offer list, you go, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know about him, but also he's a 25 guy and he's a running back who's still growing a little bit. And, and anyways, this guy was telling me, yeah, by by the time you get to the end of the fall of 23, that offer list is going to look a lot more interesting than it does.
3: Yeah, he, he's he's got a little bit of growing to do from a physical standpoint, just putting on weight, and that, that was a big thing for for South Carolina is that they want to see him get a little a little heavier in a good way, obviously. Um, Sure. And same, same thing can be said about uh, uh, Marquise Henderson from, from BHP, who's also a 2025 running back. Who's again, a little, a little slider right now, but obviously still young. And he and Martin are, are damn good, man. Like (laughs) I've, I've been talking a lot about the, the 2025 class of running backs in South Carolina. And those, those two guys, in my opinion, are at the top, but there are a few others. Um, It's just, for whatever reason that position is really good in, in South Carolina for that cycle. And, and uh, yeah, Martin, Martin might be the best and get from BHP just right there with him. So, yeah, I, I, I think uh, it, it behooves South Carolina to try to get those guys onto campus as much as off as possible, even though they haven't offered yet. Um, Cause you, you want to, again, build relationships and, and uh, lay the groundwork, I guess.
2: Long way away to have this conversation, but if you have uh, eventually two top two hundred and fifty running backs in your own state, that could be a big deal for South Carolina football um, if they can if they can land them. All right, Hale. Uh, after we're on the uh, backside of SEC media days now, did you take away anything from what was said or not said last week? Did you take away anything from uh, the media's predictions, including the five whomever they were that decided Vanderbilt was going to wrap the whole thing up this year?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably student I, I, media.
2: By the way, it was in Nashville. So
3: yeah, I don't, I don't vote for that preseason stuff for reasons like you just said. Like Vanderbilt got five first place votes. Like it's, it's kind of a joke. Like I, I think it's pretty antiquated at this point that you know we, as in the collective people who follow SEC football, are still you know using what the media says as like the preseason polls. Like uh, it just. I don't know. It's it's kind of a joke. Then You, you mentioned Nicky Manwari doesn't even make third team all SEC. The fact that they even put out three teams is kind of silly to me. But, like, he doesn't he doesn't get put on the third team defense. Like, I, look at the stats. Like, are, are the people who are voting don't even look at the stats anymore? That, I don't that really. in my opinion, is like how, how folks used to kind of gauge these things. is like, who's returning? Who's got the best stats from last season? All right. Put them on the list. Like, uh, it's it, That, to me, was – those things I just laid out are just stupid. I, mean, I don't know. Well, I, 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 don't, you know I, mean, I don't get too fired up about preseason polls anyway. So.
2: No, no, I don't. And I think I'm having the conversation
3: in a little bit of a different form. I had it this morning with Bill Preston
2: on 107.5 The Game because, I mean, no offense to Lad McConkie. I think he's a wonderful wide receiver at Georgia, and he's going to have a great year. Right? But, I, I mean, I, I know we're all a little biased here. Okay, let's roll that out on the table. That's fine. That doesn't mean we don't know what talent looks like. So if I ask either one of you today, who do you want, Lab McConkie or Juice Wells, who are you taking? It's not really right. much of a question. You're taking right. Juice Wells. We've seen them both play. Okay, right. so, I mean, if Juice Wells was playing for Tennessee, I'd say the same thing. That, it's irrelevant. I'm talking about who are the best players in the conference. I, I mentioned it this morning, and again, not don't want to totally go down this rabbit hole I love what Coach, uh, Coach, might as well be Coach, Commissioner Sankey and the SEC have done. Um, th- th- you know, they, they have made this an event. It is a TV. It's a made-for-TV event now, right? Um, yeah. It's the most watched media days in the country. It should be. It's large, and it's in charge, and there's a lot of stuff that comes out of it. They want to eventually turn it into a little bit more of a fan event. Okay, I'm fine with that. You know, the NFL draft gets a bunch of TV ratings and make a bunch of money on it. It's great. It's fine. They they do, though, need to be careful. To your point, Hale, because there's a fine line that I I, I think now maybe somebody in the league office hopefully is seeing they might be on the verge of crossing here. And you don't want this to turn into a, a clown show. Like you, you want the. If you want to credential, everybody, fine. But maybe you put parameters in place as to actually who can vote, and not just some kid who showed up who's covering Vanderbilt for the local high school in Nashville. While it's yeah. great that he's in there and he gets to ask a question t- to one of his heroes, that's awesome. He doesn't. That doesn't mean that he needs to be voting, you know. And and Nicky worry not being on the in the top three teams in the league is mind blowing to me. I, I, so I I just think that they need to be careful about making sure that the rest of the country doesn't start laughing at this thing, instead of trying to emulate it themselves, it turns into a laughing stock and then it starts falling apart. You don't want that.
3: Yeah. (laughs) seems like they, they started letting a lot of people come in like people who aren't even credentialed to cover South Carolina here in Columbia get credentialed for that. And I'm not talking trash about particular individual, but like, that seems to me like they're trying a little too much to to grow this thing into something that, I mean, it's already it's already ridiculous that it, that they're trying to to in my opinion make it this big spectacle of an event like like coaches and players walk into this thing most mostly players I guess know that it's just over the top and ridiculous a circus whatever you want to call it they don't say anything. Like right. there's, there's Spencer Rowler sit up there and giving stock answers because, you know, Lord knows if he says anything half interesting, like what kind of floodgates that could open. So it's like, well, do you try to say something interesting or are you just try to be boring as hell? And like, uh, you know, maybe that'll, that'll make everybody a little less interested and, and not put you in position to, you know, say something dumb. I don't know. I just, again, like, there are three. There are three all SEC teams. We're talking. We're sitting here talking about Nick and worried being on not being third team All SEC. Why the hell is there even a third team All SEC? Like who gives a damn? <laughs> you, and there's already six other. Like we're talking about long snappers. Third, who's the third team All SEC preseason long snapper? I don't know, but there is one, and that's dumbest shit. Sorry, like that's no. it's so stupid. And The whole thing. I didn't go, like, I, I don't know that I'll go again. Like, it's just, it's just too much, man. It, yeah. It, yeah. It well, Hey, really look, good. you know,
2: the carry on to made third team all purpose back, but last I checked, he's a running back for South Carolina. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, they just need to be careful. And, and again, look, I, if you want to make it bigger, big, okay. Okay. That's fine. But when it comes down to brass tacks, let's get the things out that people are going to talk about for the next month, preseason teams and stuff like that. Okay, let's let's put the adults at the big table, and then we'll leave the children over here. You know, And it, they got to find a way to do that if they're going to continue to grow it. But we'll leave this for another day. Wonderful job as always, Hale. You sure are the man. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Appreciate it, boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, good news. Cover
0: practice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There'll be real practice to cover. That's correct. Yeah, we're talking thank about God. practice. Yeah,
3: thank uh, God,
1: right?
0: I, I almost take just
3: the regular, just the off season itself more than SEC media days. You now, like off season talks, this is worse.
0: Oh, don't worry. The spectacle will be even larger in Dallas next year.
1: <laughs> oh. yeah.
0: Gary Jones is going to come out in
2: like a you know wrestler suit or something. Yeah, it's this is going to be nice. Yeah, they had a concert this year. Oh, our woo Pig. <laughs> See you, buddy. Have a wonderful week. Yeah, Thank man. you. Thanks, Al. Hail Helmet Airhand, hand dot com. Time out. We'll be right back. Columbia and go game.
0: Charleston fitness equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape.
2: If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to coast realty SC.com is where you can find our staff and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks.
1: Coach Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer, go Tiger.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. NMLS 2229 L-O-N-M-L-S MLS
0: 182 Welcome back everybody Inside the Gamecocks The show, second hour of the show here I got caught uh, With my, my clicking finger Run a little slow here So so we'll we'll just use that uh, Schedule as the bump for coming into Hour number two, that's all right, Completely, totally professionally run Totally fine, 1207
2: near Hour number two on this Monday Kicking off what is the final week without Some version of college football Believe it or not, because next week uh, We will have practice Beginning at the end of it So this is it. This is our final week without the Gamecocks on the field through uh, the month of November, and uh, we assure you we'll get you to the finish line, and we're looking forward to that. Chris, yes, it's the Roost in West Ashley. Um, When you go in there, if Ralph is in there or Ray is in there, you can mention my name. Ask for Ray or Ralph, and you tell them that we sent you in there. Uh, They're wonderful people. Look at the walls. Um, They've gotten all kinds of autographs and stuff over the years. I've actually – course i got a few friends have gone in there and signed a few you know smoking those guys I've signed a bunch of stuff up on the walls as well but it's pretty cool man uh so go in there and uh, and, uh get the pretzel uh i love their philly cheesesteak um but uh yeah i haven't been in there in a while i need to go see them so enjoy hopefully you hopefully you're gonna hopefully you're red fishing tomorrow that would make this even better but um enjoy hey, it dog and awesome duck steak. No, no, we're talking about the roost. The Mm roost in West Ashley. Uh, It is the Um, Gamecock Bar in the Low Country. There's nothing that's close to it. It's awesome. Yeah, let's have a
1: party there.
2: Well, we can have a party there. That's easy. That's an easy. I just found
1: out I'm going to Columbia on August seventh for a meeting. So
2: probably a meeting that you're greatly looking forward to. Um,
1: it's, It's with a very. Well, we'll just talk about that meeting later. <laughs> anyway, um, it's, it's a meeting I think you'll appreciate, JB. But uh, anyway, speaking of meetings, we do have some exciting news. Uh, JC and Morgan will live stream tomorrow. Uh, and our special guest tomorrow on the JC and Morgan podcast. Y- y'all notice Mike's been hanging around with us a lot lately. There's a reason for that. Uh, but we'll have the old team more it'll be on the YouTube page, the big spur and on social media, just like this here. Uh But we're going to live stream it. Me and the morgues and our special guest tomorrow is drum roll, please. Gamecock head football coach, Shane Beamer.
2: Yeah. Of all Shane people. Beamer
1: will be uh, on the the first live stream for JC and Morgan. So the beans coming on. I, I call it calling bees because Spurrier one time I, I went over to the football building. I was uh, I was bringing Shane. It's back when you had tape of prospects, like video, VHS, right? That's how long ago it was when Shane was there. So I had been to high school and picked up some tape and I had some extra tape and uh, brought him some um, some tape. And I was at the football building, and we're going up the elevators, the old one, the football building. Spurs in there. He's like, oh, shoot. It's the beams. Coach Beams. <laughs> Look, Coach Beams. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that, was like, that was like the first time I'd ever met Steve Spurrier. The second time was when uh, he looked at me and Scott Hood and our bellies were hanging out and we were in Destin at SEC meetings and he had his shirt off going to the beach. He's like, hey, what's up? You boys going to work out? <laughs> I think I lost 100 pounds like shortly thereafter. <laughs> you know, probably, I was like probably
0: just because of embarrassment.
1: I, man, felt so <laughs> I felt so good. The head ball coach a two
0: hundred year old oak tree.
1: I felt so good. The head coach shamed me, you know, because uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. You know, he was he didn't like uh, he didn't like other head coaches that that have come through. Like like you know, uh, he wasn't very approachable, you know, for for guys like recruiting guys. Like him. he's like, oh, you need to go talk to Steve Junior. You know, All right, cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, but he uh, anyway. So JC uh, think, uh, get,
2: get back yeah. on track here do go back to uh, journalism 101 and give the who what when where and why how where can they find JC okay. and Morgan tomorrow Okay. You know.
1: sorry all right so, what time? so we're going to uh, we're going Squirrel. to stream it we're going to stream it right here where we stream inside the gamecocks on the big spur youtube page cuz if we streamed it on another youtube page it wouldn't get any audience cuz there's not a lot of not a lot of um, not a lot of Audience on those YouTube pages, uh, so set your notifications. If you have not hit the subscribe button, subscribe to our YouTube page because it's not you don't have to pay a membership fee. You're just a like a free subscriber, and what that does it sends you a notification whenever we go live with anything. Yeah. Um, who knows? We may have several live shows going. Click it on that YouTube page and elsewhere in the near future. And so, uh, Craiger says yes. You can comment in the chat box. I'll be honest mine and Mike's show is not necessarily a chat boxy show so you can chat but we may not get to anything especially with beamer because we got a lot to ask him and stuff but certainly you're welcome to chat right and, and you can chat right on up to the you know and then switch to the other go to the because the show will be right behind it the uh at 10 30 is when beamer's joining us so it'll be right you know you want to join it we'll, we'll be streaming before that probably i think we'll start around 945 and then get Shane in, and so he'll be there at the end. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can do that. And if you miss it, <laughs> you can always catch it on JC and Morgan on Spotify, uh, Apple. Um, JC and Morgan's actually on a lot more platforms than we are just because I've had it for a long time. I mean, it's it's on iHeartRadio, Audible, where you get the audio books. Of course mm-hmm. we are, too. But, uh, yeah, JC and Morgan's everywhere. I mean, you, uh, you could just Google it and, and see but um, you know, if you want to join us live, um, you know, ten thirty for Beamer, nine forty five start time. RLE's got it pretty much laid out for you. Yeah, uh, right there. Your publicist chiming in and it, getting his it, this. Is- <laughs> excited to talk to Shane again. We had him on two years ago on JC and Morgan, and now this one. And I don't know that on this little platform, if that's the last time you'll hear from the Gamecocks head coach. Uh, Maybe, maybe not between now and the start of the season. So we're we're just very excited <laughs> and grateful that he has the time to join us. Um, you know, he, he's really, really good about honoring media requests, and always has been. Uh, and so, shoot, good to hear from Beams. Yeah, get him yep. on JC and Morgan. Yeah, all right, all yep. right, my man.
2: He's uh, this is his last week as well before
0: it really all hits yeah, the fan. He's getting, uh, getting I,
1: started for real. I, I would actually, with
0: that our start time tomorrow for Inside the Gamecocks might be adjusted by about 15 minutes or so, depending on be. how that yeah. beamer. Yeah, yeah, let's we'll keep it a little flexible. We might run a little late yeah. tomorrow. Yeah,
2: you keep uh, yeah, that's right. Keep your phones on you and your eyes peeled tomorrow and uh, in the coming days as uh, we get towards football season. That is. For sure. We're built by the BarndoCo, the BarndominiumCo.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as 160, $160 per square foot. For <laughs> If you've seen one of these things, I, I, I still don't know how they do it, but they do it, and it is unbelievable, the BarndominiumCo.com. One of the things that is uh, going to be much more discussed in August is the non-conference matchups. And, JC, you've mentioned this um, – Yes, Gamecock fan. It will be on the inside the Gamecock. Nothing is changed. They're they're going to they're going to broadcast J.C. and Morgan tomorrow on the inside the Gamecocks outlets. So wherever you watch Inside the Gamecocks, you'll be able to see it there. Uh, it starts at nine forty five. Shane will be on about ten thirty. So just tune in at nine forty three. That would uh, that'll help pay the bills. Um, w- w- but uh, one of the things J.C. you mentioned a couple of months ago, I think it was really back in May, as we were kind of getting into the summer, was that the. Preseason non-conference, preseason early season non-conference schedule for SEC programs this year might not be as, and across the country, let's just be honest, um, heavy as it as it has been in years past. Uh, that that doesn't mean though, that doesn't mean though that there won't be great games or games that change maybe a little bit of the direction of which we think the college football season may go early on. Um, this conversation is being had without North Carolina and the Gamecocks and without LSU and Florida State. Clearly, those are the two most watched or will be the two most anticipated and probably most watched non conference games in, in college football, airing back 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 at 730 on ABC on the opening weekend, guys. But there are others. Florida and Utah is interesting, and we'll come back to that here in just a minute. But I I, I want to – I'm fast-forwarding for a reason here to week three, especially after we watched SEC Media Days last week, okay? And JC's going to laugh at – Phil, you're going to laugh at this, but I know that JC is going to laugh at this. This is never talked about, what I'm about to give you, these stats, okay? There are two games that are strange that week. One, Vanderbilt is at UNLV, and, and I'll tell you why in a second. The other – is Kansas State at Missouri, okay? All right, let's start with Vandy. Anybody know who the head coach at UNLV is?
0: Barry Odom. Barry it's, Odom. Yeah, I was going to say, Barry Odom. Coach O, but Barry Odom. Right, in
2: his first year at UNLV, okay? All right. He, there's some familiarity there with Vandy. Now, I'm not saying that UNLV is going to beat him, although they could, just – Handing yourself off to the desert in the third week of the college football season doesn't seem like the most logical move an SEC program can make, but they're doing it, and that's a that's a game that's going to air at uh, Vegas JC. Is that three uh, three hours behind the East Coast?
1: Yeah, they're Pacific time zone. Yeah,
2: so they're they're two hours behind Nashville. So okay, so mm-hmm. six, so four o'clock out there. The Missouri and Kansas State matchup is also interesting. Kansas State won ten games last year, but I, I, I want to bring this up. Why is Barry Odom at UNLV? Does anybody? Rem- I know that he his final year at Missouri lost five straight games, right? To finish with a six and six record. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know what Barry Odom's record was at Missouri?
1: It wasn't stellar. Uh, okay. It was it was kind of like what Eli Drinkwitz is. Why
2: is Eli Drinkwitz there? This is this is this is a Missouri guy who went for is this like the classic oh crap, we might have made a mistake, even though they just extended drink. You've got Mizzou who went four and eight in Odom's first year, seven and six, eight and five, then they fell to six and six. He was twenty five and twenty-five and thirteen and nineteen. Drinkwitz has been there for three years. And and look, maybe there are expectations this year. I don't know what those are. He has not had a winning record. He's five and five, and six and seven, six and seven, and his league record is eleven and fourteen, is seventeen and nineteen overall. So he's got to win eight games this year to get to where Barry was at twenty five. Uh. I just something you see what I'm getting at. Week three might be a strange week with these two games. And then I started looking at comparing the coaches. I was like, wait a second. This might be the classic. We think we're better than we are, and we're not.
1: You you know who uh, Barry Odom's offensive coordinator was, don't you? For his first three years. Josh Heupel.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a marriage that was. Anyway. Uh, and then uh, his last year, uh, I, I actually thought their offense his last year made a little bit more sense, but it was uh, Derek Dooley was the uh, the OC. Um, and, and what had happened was uh, they got Kelly Bryant, and they thought that with the mighty Kelly Bryant coming in. I'm um, oh dear God. We're going to, we're going to win the national championship because he's the mighty Clemson quarterback. And right. they had a favorable schedule. People were talking about him being eight. zero with Georgia coming to town and all this other stuff. And they'd beat the Gamecock, Thanks. in no small part, uh, a terrible play call inside the five, which was one of Brian McClendon's bugaboos, especially with hollinsky But, uh, they uh they fell apart shortly thereafter, finished six and six, did not get to go to a bowl because they, they had that stupid it was really an unfair probation. And so they canned him. And and the thing with Barry Odom, you know, I think I think he's a good coach. Uh I think as a D coordinator he's elite. Uh I think he's about as exciting as Brad Brunell, Clemson's basketball coach. <laughs> It uh, <laughs> has lasted this long, uh, but you know Brunell—they're—they're they're kind of the same guy. Great coach, but uh, as exciting as cardboard. That's why if you're UNLV, I would have definitely, uh, definitely hired Coach O. Um, but you know Barry Odom did a good thing—he hired Bobby Petrino originally coach as his OC, so
0: yep.
1: Before, uh, before A&M got him, so. Uh, that was a pretty good move. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Can, can a guy like Barry Odom win at UNLV? they tried everything else out there. They've tried the – I remember they went and got the hot shot 1AA coach in Wolf um, from Montana. He sucked terribly. They hired the local high school guy who everybody rooted for, wanted to get the job. He just – the bottom fell out. They hired the guy from Oregon, which is one of the worst hires I've ever seen. Uh, Marcus Arroyo. And he, I think he won one game in two years. Uh, It it is a place. I do think if you grind, uh, considering the conference they're in the location they're in the fact they play in an awesome stadium, I think you could, you could win. You just, you just have to really know what you're doing. And, I don't know that Barry Odom was going to excite everybody out there, so uh, I mean it's kind of an odd fit. But yeah, I mean, hey, and and I'll say I'll say this too: last time UNLV played Vanderbilt, uh, they beat Vanderbilt by three touchdowns in Nashville. Right. It was one. It was a low point of the Derek uh, Mason era by, by a lot. So,
2: whom, by the way, the SEC decided they should have him in for media days this week, which was rather interesting as as well. Um, is there anything in week we'll come back to that in just a second and actually get into So I tell you what it's 1220 before yeah, we yeah. before I even before we even start this? Let's hit a timeout. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. Tristan still runs an outstanding painting business. They're uh, in my opinion, the best in the in the state, and that's not just because we promote them around here. They're unbelievable what they do. Let me paint something.com. Uh on that note as well. I uh, want to give a quick hat tip to Stacy Phillips, who's a big fan of our program, and I know I think he's a, a friend of the Stills as well, but um, uh, my understanding is he watches us every day and uh, and is just an outstanding person, from what I was told, but thanks for sticking with us every day. We really appreciate that. Stacy, from what I was told, said that uh, we're the only show that he trusts, so that's awesome. Trust. Thanks, Stacy. We really appreciate that uh, and um, and glad to have you on board and, uh, and anything you ever need, reach out and let us know. But we really appreciate you being a fan of our programming. Let's hit a quick timeout. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina.
1: Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
0: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
1: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblattin.
2: Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our board,
3: Matt Odom has a low cost, one price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them stone's
2: sake. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
4: no, no. Oh, no,
2: <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale Five levels of pedal assist Plus a throttle Help you handle The southern heat better But still get great exercise Bikes are available All ages and sizes ElectricBikesCharleston.com Or stop into their store In Mount Pleasant Electric Bikes of Charleston Powering inside the Gamecocks The show Woo! Woo! Electric
4: Bikes of Charleston Electric Bikes of Charleston
0: Electric bike to Electric bike to Chelsea! Electric to Hurry
2: up. Head-banging music. J.C. used to bash his head against the wall. Twelve twenty-seven on this Monday. Afternoon now on Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Signorama Studios. Back to where we were. Anything in the opening week, guys, alone from the Battle of the Carolinas, LSU, and Florida State, that stands out, that says this could change things. I know it's week one, but this could change things. This could be a major upset. We've seen it before. Does Mercer at Ole Miss catch your eye? Anything <laughs> on that level? I know Florida and Utah is going to be. A, I'm a, I get that.
1: I'm good. I Mass think, Auburn. M- no, oh, look, sorry.
0: To say, yeah, you're good. No. <laughs> you,
1: no, no, I, I, I think Mercer Mercer's going to beat somebody someday. I
2: think.
1: They're, they they're got They team. got
2: beat by Auburn last year, right? Wasn't it forty-two to sixteen or something like that? Yeah, I Mercer, remember. I think. Yeah, yeah. Early, yeah. A
1: few years back, though, Auburn only beat them like twenty-four to ten.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, they're they're a Georgia, state of Georgia team, just like uh, just like Georgia Southern, Georgia State will mm-hmm. pull upsets. I mean, you know, they're going to get their share of in-state talent, and then. One day they'll have a great team. Nobody will know it's coming, and they'll, they'll end up getting um, getting somebody. I don't know if it'll be this year. Um, how about Tennessee and Virginia?
0: I, I, that, I just yeah. don't see that being close. Do you? What if Virginia gives them fits though? <laughs> no, I don't think they will. Like, because that's I, a I, neutral site, isn't it? It's in
2: Nashville. Yeah, that's it, it, really It's
1: Nashville, but uh,
2: that's not neutral. It's in Nashville. No. Virginia
1: fans aren't going to travel, uh, but you know. I, I, I don't I, – you know, Tony Elliott's first year was such a disaster. I mean, and then they lose their stud quarterback to NC State and the transfer portal. You know, they're not very good on defense. They're not very good on offense. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it, it Tennessee could hang 70 on those jokers. Uh, or – you know it could be close. Plus, you had the tragedy that happened with the shooting and the players yeah. died. Um, things are not solid in, in Charlottesville right now, and having to play in front of a sea of orange uh, in in that stadium, which gets loud. Yeah, got loud for Chief when I was there.
3: Yes, it is. I'm
1: sure. Got very Don't loud. Doubt that. Don't doubt that. Uh, that that's going to be tough, considering their quarterback situation and all that. I'll tell you this: if they do give Tennessee a game. I think there'll be red flags flying in Knoxville, but uh, I, you know, I just see it, it, it. It, it. I just don't. You know, the, Virginia lost so much through the transfer portal too. I mean, they lost Fentrell Cypress to Florida State. You lost your quarterback to NC State. I don't know that they replaced it with anybody. Um, what's kind of funny, I'll tell you this: Tony Elliott turned down Tennessee. You remember before before Danny White went with Heupel?
4: Yeah. He
1: went down the road a good bit with Tony Elliott, and he said no.
4: Well,
2: you know, I mean, probably should have said yes because he's really screwed now, I think. But, I, yeah. I, I just don't think that – I don't think that – I think that's going to be embarrassing. I think the score of that game is going to be embarrassing. Mm. I really do. I, I don't see it being close. I, I think that's going to be one of those games in week one – where the, it's, you're going to cut on SEC Nation late that night and this score is going to pop and it's going to, it's going to st- send the chill bumps across the league of, Oh my gosh, Tennessee and Joe Milton, they're going to score more than Hendon Hooker and, and that team did last year. I'm serious. I think that's going to be a narrative in week one because they're going to hang 60 on them or something ridiculous. And, um, you know, people are going to, to get that instant fear of, Tennessee, once again, when they had it last year, everybody did. They should have. Here I want to put that to bed in Williams Price Stadium as far as can this team go in the next championship. But they 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 hung fifty two on bam. Right? So I think you're going to see a weekend like that. I, I, I don't I don't see that game.
0: Tennessee could legitimately have well over two hundred points for with South Carolina heading to Knoxville at the end of September. Well, they got Austin right. P in week two, yeah.
2: and, and they're gonna they might score a hundred in that game alone. Right. Yeah. By
1: right? the way, if, you, if y'all heard the Tennessee media chirping about the team, hypo wants to blow out, and talking about Shane Beamer's antics on the sideline, and all that crap.
4: Good. Let you, them talk.
1: You, you guys know that Beamer was reacting to their player. Yeah, Their corner, who was showing his ass the entire game.
3: Yeah. That's and who Beamer was older.
1: reacting to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> like that's, he what, himself. that's what Shane was reacting to. Josh Hypel didn't need to be upset about that. Come on, man. Yeah, I was. I, yeah. I, I hey, overhype
0: like, that game. That's good. Let him come. Yeah, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: say, look, you know, here, here's what's happened, though. I mean, here's what's happened. I don't want to. Uh, you know I don't want to turn this conversation into something else I want to kind of stay on track here but th- th- they would be in the same exact they'd have they'd be having the same exact conversation if Kentucky beat them like that they'd be having the same exact conversation if Vanderbilt beat them like that or Missouri beat they have long the large majority of, and I've been in Knoxville multiple times, and I, and I honestly have always had a wonderful trip up there. The large majority of people in Knoxville have treated me fantastically. Some people might have different experiences, and that's fine. But I mean, overall, the Tennessee fan base, from a personal standpoint, has always been very good. At the end of the day, though, let's let's regardless of what the record has been, like they they can point to the overall series record all they want to. What really actually matters, in my opinion, is in the, what's happened in the last twenty years or so, and and. Carolina and Tennessee have been on the same playing field, and uh, it, so, but but they've never gotten Old Tennessee out of their minds, and that's fine. That's okay. I respect that. It's a historically, it's one of the best programs in the history of the sport. Hats off. They've won national championships. Like they've got all the tradition. That's great. I, I'm not taking that, any of that away from them, but they don't respect South Carolina on the level in which they respect Georgia. If Georgia or Florida beat them like that, okay. Well, you know what? We we got to get them back, man. We can, we can't let that happen. They were embarrassed that they went to Columbia, South Carolina, and got sixty three points hung on them, playing for a national championship. The whole night. they they were they're more worried about their egos than they are about the fact that it knocked them out of playoff contention and all that other stuff. It, it, it's like your kid brother embarrassing you in front of all your friends in the neighborhood pickup game. We, we don't ever pick him. Nobody's ever going to let him play, and he gets out there and he wears you slap out in front of everybody, you're embarrassed. That's what happened to them. That's what
1: happened. It's, it's got to be bitter, too, because if you think about what is Tennessee football, uh, when have they been in a position to accomplish what the standards and goals of that program are uh, within you know, this slide that's been taking place since Fulmer left after '08. Well, they've been in position twice. One was in 2016 because, remember, they had the miracle win at Georgia. All they had to do was beat the Gamecocks and the ball, and Vanderbilt to win the East. Butch lost them both. Jake Bentley, big upset. Biggest win of the Champ era, probably. Yeah. Uh, 24-21. Uh, so then, you know, you're roll, rocking and rolling through 2022. You're you're the talk of the country. It doesn't look like anybody's going to be able to stop your offense. You beat the Gamecocks by 25 in a game that was over by halftime the year before. You yeah. know you're rolling right along. Carolina had gotten slaughtered at Florida, and you go to Columbia, and the exact same egg laying takes place at night at Williams Price. And so that that's that's painful. Now, Carolina's lost to t- Tennessee. Probably call South Carolina a shot at a national championship in 2013 with that win. Uh, Gamecocks yeah. have lost some games to them that they shouldn't have too, and that's the, that's kind of the crazy thing about this series. Uh, since 2010, it's gone three, then three, then three, then three, and now one. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you know, if maybe Carolina yeah. can win it's the next three. year, it's three again, you know, it gets suddenly three again, but that that's just this series has been very unique. Um, very since the close first,
2: until the yeah, last couple of years. Yeah. First
1: game. They got Fulmer fired or got Fulmer hired. They, they got, they both got Fulmer hired because they got Johnny majors fired in 92 and then got Fulmer fired in 08. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I think got Butch Jones fired or Jeff Butch got fired a little later after that, after that last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been – and it's been a lot of close games, and there's been times where Carolina's had the better team than Tennessee, and Tennessee's played them off their feet, and then vice versa. I mean, even the – dude, the Sean Elliott interim year, Tennessee was really good in 2015 with Josh Dobbs. They got up 17 nothing in Knoxville. Look looked like they were going to run away with it. Lo and behold, here come the Gamecocks, and uh, they were a – they were was uh, what was it? Jarrell Adams fumble away from maybe yeah. winning the game. It was I mean, ten
2: yard line. He was so, just he was carrying that guy for about twenty yards before the ball slipped out. It was me.
1: <laughs> that's all about. I you thought Perry too. Perry, Perry
2: like, had brought him all the way back, man. I mean, Perry had a heck
0: of a game. Perry game. had
1: a great game that game, and it's like that's all about you One, it's like we hurt each other and we'll do it again. That's <laughs> on in Tennessee. Yeah, they hurt been... each other and they'll do it again. Dude, it
2: really has care. been – I mean, it was the closest series between two opponents in this league since 2000. Four years yeah. ago – four seasons ago that changed. The first blowout uh, – yeah, the first blowout. And then it was a close loss in 2020 to open the year. Closer. It was closer till the end. And then, yeah, the last 21 and – at 2020.
1: 2020 game still makes me want to throw up. Gamecocks had it.
2: Yeah, it should. I mean,
1: and and it was yeah. just mistakes. Yeah. Carolina made so many mistakes that night. Tennessee didn't make that many. I mean, blown coverages. Okay. I mean, it was just that kind of set the tone for for that season. But um, that, that game should have easily been like Carolina's game against Auburn. They could have won that one because Tennessee ended up losing out, and Pruitt got fired. I mean, so anyway,
2: in in but week yeah. in week three. Guys, everybody, right, including your mama and them, is talking about Texas at Alabama. Okay, I get that. Is
1: so that week three or week two?
2: In week two. No, in yep. week two. Did I say week three? I meant week yeah, two. Yeah. I'm sorry, week two. But I, I mean, I, I'm guarantee. one of these. Look, we know that we know that game's going to be big. Seven o'clock, ESPN, the whole nine yards. I get it. We we all know. I'm I'm one that actually believes Bama's going to be fine that night in Tuscaloosa. That, that, that though, there, it, it, while that's going to be the game that we all want to watch, there are three games that day that are going to be, I think, maybe actually a little bit more interesting to the success of the programs that are playing. One is if Vanderbilt can go to Wake Forest that morning and win. It's an 11 a.m. game in Winston-Salem, and they open up 2-0. and that tells me they're going to beat a team or two in the SEC. Hopefully it's Missouri and Kentucky and Florida. Maybe three wins. But – because someone's going to go, Vanderbilt, who cares? All right, that's fine. Auburn at Cal. And, JC, you've mentioned this multiple times. Like, Golly, wild, you, don't, you just don't want to go to Berkeley and lose <laughs> if you're Hugh Freeze in week two. You don't want that to happen. God. And I'm then number sure, three man. is if A&M in Miami plays at 330 on ABC that day, guys – and 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 doesn't it feel like both of them are in the same boat? Like that's really like, hey, you want to take the next step? Might want to win that game. I know it doesn't matter for standings in in their in the SEC or the ACC. But that is a big time. I mean, it says a little bit less about Miami than it does about a And M. A And M was what were they last year? Four, five, and seven. So you're telling Miami? Well, if you beat yourself a five and seven SEC team. You're taking the next step, which goes to tell you how good the league is. But if you're A&M, it is AM, and it is its is, it is a lose lose situation if you go get beat over there. You get beat by an ACC team that's by all means at this point in time middle of the road. Jimbo Fisher, you know, Bob Metrino, oh, this can't work. And then you still got to walk back into the SEC and play all those guys. That's that's that is the interesting matchup of the day for me because it's A and M on the road in Coral Gables in front of what two thousand three thousand fans
1: or so. <sighs> yeah, nah, they'll at least have ten for that one. Yeah. Uh, that's right. seventy five hundred A and M fans
2: wearing cowboy yeah, 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 hats yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. Coral Gables. I tell
1: you what, there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be more net worth on that field with the players than any other game.
2: Well, that's a good point. Man, This is true. That is the NIL <laughs> game of the this century. century isn't it? This is the, that's, that's the, the mercenary right bowl. There.
1: Yeah. I that's see. I, I said all last offseason, I was like, oh, everybody's like, oh my God, Miami and Dixie are going to be so good with these historic recruiting classes. I
2: was like, yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe they will be. The old, the old
1: healthcare guy down there bought all of them for Miami, and it's Miami. Hmm. And uh, I know that if I had a bunch of hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was a college kid and lived in Miami. <laughs> I'd maybe have some other things on my mind besides football. Right. And the, they got blown out by Duke. I mean, and then with a bowl game on the line, They're, you know, have some pride right. they, they could go, still go to a bowl of Mario's first year and salvage it. They play the mighty pit Panthers who were pretty good and just get wrecked 42 <clears> to 16 at home. They lost to Duke at home by twenty four points. They lost to Middle Tennessee Middle State Tennessee right. 31 at home. They, they, usually, you can always count on Miami as crappy as they've been overall and as inconsistent. To, to and Florida State too, when they've been down, you can count on those two really wanting to beat each other and getting up for it. It's usually a pretty good game, no matter what. Yeah, you, know, you can say throw the records out. That mm-hmm. that's true in that series. Not last year. Not with the U Florida State came in there and just smacked them 45 to three, three. <laughs> they didn't even care enough to, I mean, that group just did not care. And they've got a, it's not, they got a good coach. Mario is a good coach. They yeah. Their coordinators are good coaches. So she so got that A&M at least tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, A&M at least the end of the year, they're like, oh, guys, we're four and seven. Shoot. Here, here's LSU, you know. Um, let's just beat these guys, okay? You know, we'll let's we'll send our seniors out and win. You know, mm. they at least had some pride, but um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's an interesting game. I mean, Jimbo, my assumption is, is. Jimbo and Patry—they're going to go down there and hang half a hundred on. Is my assumption? But really? That's, uh, you think so? Yes. I you think, know, I, I think they'll win. I think they'll
0: win those first three games, build up a lot of hype, and I think that there is a real letdown opportunity there when Auburn comes to college. Well, Station and I'll tell you what, four. I
2: I could say that on the on the – I'm not predicting one way or another right now at all, guys, but I could say this too. You want to know what typical Miami would do? They're going to beat Miami of Ohio in week one the Miami Bowl, and then they're going to beat A&M, and then they'll beat Bethune-Cookman, and everybody goes, oh, you know, we we, we can already hear it, right? The four o'clock show on ESPN2. The U is back. Blah, blah, blah. And then in week four, they turn around and they go to Temple and get beat. That would be typical Miami because they've got to go to Temple in week four. Who scheduled that game? Was that Al Golden?
0: Yeah. Did Al
2: Golden schedule that game? Why? What are you doing? What are you? You're
1: Miami. Why are you going to Temple in week four to play football? Oh, I actually know why that is because Manny Diaz had accepted the Temple job and, and it was going oh, to Temple story line. And, and then and then like they 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 who they fired? Oh, Rick Rick decided to to get out, and so they hired Manny back from Temple. I, I think that game was scheduled because of the the buyout situation. They will right, well, just mm-hmm. give us a give us a home game here up there Veterans, not Veterans mm-hmm. Stadium, but. I uh, wonder, right?
2: Fi- Lincoln Financial Field. Why that? Why they can't get players? Because they take road trips to Temple. I mean, come
1: on. Hey, they were, they went to App State a few years ago. Uh, we can't that. really talk about gonna,
2: that. Yeah, you know? mm. but I thought App State was going to win that game.
1: They didn't. Uh, that didn't really work out for the Happy Appies.
2: No, <laughs> it didn't. But I, I I I thought, but I I, I just the, I I just you know when you look when you start we do all we do this all year. And we know what the big games are. But there's always the game, guys. There's always the game, right? We know it. It happens every single year. And it might not be App State at Michigan, like to that level of an upset. But there's always something where you're going, what happened? I don't know. Maybe it's Rick Stock still in Middle Tennessee. Maybe they head to Missouri and get an upset in week two. Uh, While everybody's paying attention to all these games we just discussed, Old Middle Tennessee is rolling into Columbia, Missouri, getting a win. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I I think Memphis is another game to look out for. There, you mentioned Auburn and A and M. Phil, uh, this is an interesting series from the SEC West. Auburn is four and one in College Station, Texas, all time. Uh, their only loss came in twenty twenty one when with the illustrious Brian Harson era. Mm. Four and one. God, he was terrible. Um, yeah, yeah really that was the only time Harson coached against AM and and they lost twenty to three. Uh then Cadillac beat them last year at Auburn mm-hmm. uh as the interim. But other than that, you know, there was the forty-five-41 against Johnny football where that at that point twenty thirteen we were just figuring out Auburn was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um they beat him twenty-six to ten smacked down in 42-27 in twenty seventeen. Auburn in 2017 for a couple of weeks was the best team in the country. Uh, beat them again in 2019 out in College Station. Uh, and, and that game's in College Station. So yeehaw, haw, wow. War Eagle. That's going to, you freeze, baby. You know, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be
0: interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh...
1: yeehaw. haw.
0: You What's anxiety? expectations with Kent under the new coaching staff? Is there any, you know, kind of talk, Kent State? Because they worked fairly decent last year, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think yeah. they're going to. I think they're going back to the, the the gutter, Phil. Back to
0: the gutter, are they, they really? Yes, no no chance
1: at Arkansas. <laughs> uh, they, they, they lost their head coach and their Nothing best receiver scary, is going to suit up for the Tar Heels. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I February forgot the portal 10 got 10 them too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Portal, man. The portal taketh in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. I think the. I think the there there are yeah it's uh, it's sneaky some of these non cons are sneaky uh, you we're just not paying attention but it's going to happen so maybe it happens in week three maybe it happens in week three you know I don't know remember BYU at Arkansas in week three by the way guys so
0: Kansas State the week Missouri. three yeah, I think's got some yeah potential for that upset right there the BYU Arkansas K State Missouri and then I don't is BYU an, game, an upset but... though I don't know if that's an upset is it. You're is it talking at more...
1: Arkansas. Arkansas beat them pretty good last year in Provo. Yeah, it's, it's
0: yeah. At I don't
1: know why they scheduled that. Why?
0: why? Is oh, no, so Arkansas long, last bro. year
1: completely screwed the pooch for their non-conference. Right? I uh, uh, they, yeah. They, they scheduled they Cincinnati at home, <laughs> top twenty-five team, playoff team. Right? They scheduled BYU in Provo, and if that wasn't crazy enough, they scheduled Liberty and Hugh Freeze, and he came in there and beat them. Oh, and then number four just had to be Missouri State coached by who? Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, freaking Petrino. Petrino. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, I know Arkansas, you know, what's his name got injured? Jefferson got injured last year, kind of derailed them. But uh, people don't understand, it is so hard to play that type of schedule where you have to get up every single week. I mean, South Carolina last year, honestly, they'd have probably beaten Charlotte and SC State regardless right? Uh, it may have been, we may have scared the bejesus out of all of us, and there would have been angst and consternation, but I don't know that the Gamecocks had to get sky high uh, for that or suffer an L. Not only is Arkansas in the SEC West, they have to get up for every single non-conference game as well. Yeah, you know, They didn't do themselves any favors at all last year.
2: Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And Missouri, I think, might be making a similar mistake this year, yeah. uh, J.C., with uh, the scheduling of both Kansas State and, um, and Memphis. I, Kansas State beating them would not be an upset. I know we got to get a break, Phil, so I'm sorry about that. But Kansas right. State won 10 games last year, and they beat Missouri 40-12. to uh, They're probably going to be favored to win that game. Kansas State, I would think. I would think. i, I got to go back and look at it. But it'll at least be – I mean, it'll be close. Missouri might be favored. Who knows? Because they're at home. But I don't know that that would be a major – I just think – I think Missouri screwed up. I, I the, People are looking at it because they're not seeing any SEC teams in the first four games that they play. They're not – I my prediction is they will not be 4-0 through that slate. They will lose a game, if not more, in there somewhere. Eli Drinkwitz, who everybody thinks hung the moon and his record ain't any better than Barry Odom. I'm just saying. Just a, uh,
1: the numbers. So get, uh, Josh Heifel, but you know who Josh Heupel struggled against? Guys, hmm. South Carolina. <laughs> uh, take the take the big win he had up there the the, the Jordan Birch Bowl, if you will, oh my God. or the Moron Bowl. <laughs> Let's just <call> it that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm, that's that's ugly. The Jordan Birch Bowl. Um, and take that away. All right, so he was in Missouri two years. Must beat him like a wet sausage 31 21 in Jake's freshman year. That, that clinched the bowl game, uh, and then went out there. What I think was a very underrated win at 17. Gamecocks coming off that win against uh NC State, and they just went out there and shut them completely down. Debo Samuel changed that game 31 13. Those were his two games at Missouri. And then he had the House of Horrors game last Good year. Course. So he's one in three as a as a coach in the SEC against South Carolina.
2: That's it. Mm. I want to beat that, them let's, bad. Let's guys, it's uh, the end of the year. One and four. I want to beat be them awesome. so
1: bad. Those chickens. Oh my god!
2: Electric bikes of Charleston powers our program. Well electricbikescharleston.com. dot com. You don't have to be in Charleston to get an electric bike from Electric Bikes of so Charleston. Michelle and their team they service the whole state of South Carolina. Best warranties. Best service. That's why folks travel here. They don't. They're not cheap, of course. But you want to make sure you buy a good one, and they have the best. And they are up right now for the best of the best in the uh, local low country. Uh, the best of the low country in the Post and Courier. Make sure if you're in this neck of the woods, you vote for them. ElectrobitesTrulston
1: Final time. <laughs> Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan
3: Stone from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet in black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox!
2: You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
1: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Seerfoss of Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Seerfoss, 864. 414 5271, Callwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs.
2: Building your dream home is often just that a dream and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia and Go Gamers.
0: back everybody inside the Gamecocks, the show final segment of the show on a monday here don't forget special edition jc and morgan live on the big spur 24 7 youtube page give it a subscribe turn on notifications they'll go live yep. at around 9:45. coach beamer at 10:30 scheduled for tomorrow
1: all right
2: way to go can't wait to see you shane if you're watching we'll see you in the morning J.C. and Morgan, don't be late. Um, by the way, the uh, 2022 20, Arizona Wildcats that won a couple of games at the end of the year, they had a nice little run there at the end when they beat um, UCLA and then Arizona State 5-7 and seven or whatever it was. I was just looking a few minutes ago. They go to Mississippi State in week two, September 9th. Um, yeah. Do you Do you know who the senior advisor to the head football coach is at Arizona? Anybody know?
1: It's
2: not no. Urban Meyer, is it? <laughs> no, Teddy, 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 Teddy Bruce. Bruce, Teddy Brusky, mm. Teddy Bruce Teddy
1: Very. I don't even know if that. What is, is that? Head.
2: What does that job entail?
1: Senior. Like, I advisor. was going to say, what, what is, is that? that? Yeah.
2: Call, coach. <laughs> hey, coach. Um, I think that uh, you need to, uh, you know, run a sweep here. But my OC just called. This doesn't matter. I'm the senior advisor. Like I'm not really sure. That's what-
1: that's what Danny Ford was before he he shanghaied the Arkansas challenge. Wasn't Y'all that? remember that? In 92, uh, Arkansas lost at home to Citadel. And so they called up, you know, so they fired uh, Jack Crow. And Jack Hines, Joe Kines, took over. And he calls up Danny, who's on his farm, you know, and Danny right. Fowl will we'll go up there and coach some football. Right. And very, very proud. And uh, so Ford is like the assistant advisor or whatever. And he ends up getting the full time job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was always interesting to me. But yeah, so but, so maybe Teddy Bruski's trying to get that gig, right?
2: Was that what is that what Clemson's doing by bringing Chad Morrison? He gonna uh, he's gonna override uh, Garrett Riley.
1: They're getting the band back together, man.
0: They're putting They're, the band back together. Yeah, exactly. I, I,
1: th- I think I think Jeff Scott for after one year. I mean, I don't know who, who's the receivers coach there. Tyler Grisham
2: was that in their <laughs> contract?
1: I, I think I I, I wouldn't we'll be surprised after this year Jeff Scott's back out there recruiting. I, I think it's probably already helping because you, you look at their receiving recruiter receiver recruiting. Uh it's gone from like what the hell are they doing to uh to you know or, or, or gone from pretty good to like, oh, here come the five star receivers again. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, but and they're good there, they're getting the band back together. You got morse back and
2: well, next year they'll sure. have Brent Venables back.
1: Couple of years, Brent Venables may be back. You know? There's just something about it just gets in your blood. You
0: know, if it doesn't work, work. out at Oklahoma, I would not be shocked in the least if they oh, no. go back The Clemson. Yeah, can That, that kid that's running their de- there's a defense up there. They'll can him so fast. Yeah, whatever his name is. What, wait, what was your name? <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, guy. Hey, yeah, you. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> What was your name again, kid? All right. How would you like an analyst role?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, why don't you try it? Try it. Try Oklahoma. All right. Uh, one of the things we didn't get to today is the experience of the playmakers on the offensive side of the football. We'll hold that stat for tomorrow, but it will literally blow, blow you away. You probably haven't thought about this or heard it yet, but you'll hear it first on our program. As Phil just mentioned, though, make sure at 945 tomorrow you're paying attention because JC and Morgan are going to take over our stream and then welcome Shane Beamer into their program before Inside the Gamecocks uh, airs at 11 a.m. or so. So looking forward to that. And I think we will – oh, no, Mike uh, Mike Morgan will be here later in the week. He was going to be here tomorrow, but we've got him later. So never mind. I'm done with promoing. That's, all, that's yeah, it. We're good. We're yeah. good. You can cue the music now. It's coming uh, right on as we speak. Craig said that uh, Colorado is going to the Big Twelve. It's coming. It should. Oh, by the they way,
1: should. I think there's a. I think there's a game. Yeah, there's. They just announced College Game Day is coming to Charlotte.
2: They've no. already announced it.
1: It's on a silly little video with Cocky mailing his head to Lee Corso from the football program. But yeah, uh, and I've been told that's going to happen for a while. So that's that's. Oh
0: yeah out. yeah. All right, y'all. Signorama, Columbia. Get your Carolina Rise signs ready to show in the background of uh, game day.
2: That's exactly right. There you go. We need to get Matt on here. A uh, special rate for custom signs.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, if
1: anybody wants to volunteer to do that too, I'll get you a free flag. I can get you a tow, Donnie. I can get you a tow by three p.m.
0: Oh, I forgot we talked about that. You, yeah, you were, you were. I think you were handling an nil thing <laughs> in the background when oh, JB well, and I exactly. were talking about that the other day last week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did, I, did you get me a tow by three p.m.?
0: No, no, no. That uh, you know, okay. they have Carolina rice stuff in the background. I was going to volunteer. Oh, yeah. I'll send somebody a shirt if they'll do it. So long as I can. Prove yeah, they did it. And I'll yeah, man, the shirt. we
1: need that. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Tiffany says she's streaking.
2: Yeah, there it is. By the way, okay. through the gymnasium, oh, past the gymnasium,
1: in. through the quad. How much for some body paint? We're coming to the Queen's Kid. Yeah, Jim says it's like seven. It did remind me of seven. I was like, is Justin King doing a seven thing? I was like, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Nah, just mailed his head to Corso. Jeez. What's in the box? <sighs>
0: Poor Coach Corso. Talk about a message. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't let Nat hear you say anything. Yeah, no Nat loves Lee Corso.
0: No, I do too. I'm gonna have oh, to keep yeah. her away
1: from the stage. Much you got
0: respect, a lot of respect
2: much. for Coach Corso.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot He's respect. just gotta hang in there long enough until Sabin can retire, right? That's what's gonna be. It's that's the changing of the guard, right? Uh, I'm sure, that's exactly what it is. Nick just can't wait to Save
4: put him.
2: a mascot head on every day. today. <laughs> I don't foresee him doing that. Now McAfee will start doing that.
1: Of course, he's not. Do- yeah, there's the video.
2: Yep, from College Game Day. It is official. Which again, yeah. we uh, we knew this was. Uh,
0: we knew I'm this so was fired coming. Up
1: now, woo! How about, boy. Got the VIP tailgate game day. Gonna be a big time in Charlotte.
0: Let's do it.
1: Hell, maybe even have an unofficial the show Friday night get together something no maybe I get to I'm, see you guys come, oh I I'll thought you meant doing the show oh no no we're not doing the show on Friday we're not doing the <laughs> show on Friday
0: no I was about to say JC come Absolutely. on JB yeah that would have <laughs> yeah. to be uh, well wait a second you couldn't put it on YouTube and, and... <laughs> not. It we're, it would on be, we're not
1: streaming the get together yeah, that's <laughs> right yeah.
0: period at the end no cameras <laughs> that's
2: right including our own yeah live replay yeah Exactly.
1: all right folks
2: all right uh thanks to hale mcgranahan jc schubert and mad Dolan axe we're back tomorrow at 9 45 jc and morgan will have shane beamer and we'll follow here on inside the gamecocks the show built by the barndo co and live from the Cinerama studios see you then